everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. And you can call Paranormal Roundtable PRT. That's what a lot of people call it. And we call our listeners the paratroopers. And uh, they call themselves that. And um, I don't argue with them. My name is Josh Turner. Like I said, my email address is uh, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. You send me your stories. Or you can send me a friend request on Facebook, um, and I'm also on Instagram at Josh Turner 940. Uh, that's Josh Turner 940 on Instagram, and so you can send me a friend request on on uh, Facebook, and uh, we can become friends. But make sure that you let me know through Messenger, you know, through a message that that you are a fan of the show, a listener. Otherwise, I probably won't approve it. In fact, I know I won't. Um, so just go ahead and do that. If we're not friends in real life, then that's how you become a friend of mine on Facebook and you'll be on my friends list unless something happens, something crazy. Uh, <laughs> so it's up to you. So we have a guest that's going to come on tonight, but before we get started with that, I want to let you know about our paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook. We have paranormal encounters on Facebook, which is Tony's group paranormal lounge which is nelly's group and then i am an admin in many other groups dogman werewolf discussion uh wolf uh turner i think it's wolf turner at prt fan page i'm not 100 percent sure that's i think that's what it is uh i didn't make that but uh it is a fan page and it's a group and then we have um uh, paranormal trucker podcast which is another group and ryan trimbley's a whisper to a scream um, and then DA Roberts group, uh, North American Dogman project. And I have quad coalition of sciences with Nick Valente. And so I'm in all these groups, check them out. Um, and, and so anyways, now here's the thing. If you're listening to me on podcast, uh, on a podcast platform and you're not, you're not checking us out on YouTube, you're missing out because on YouTube Tuesdays, we do a live stream every Tuesday. Okay. And it goes two to three hours every Tuesday and you're missing a bunch of content. We have a guest on just about every week, a different guest. And we, we talk about all kinds of different topics, Dogman, Bigfoot, ghosts, uh, alien abduction, flying saucers, whatever. Um, and we, it, like I said, we, and there's a live chat that goes with it. And, and if you miss it and you can't catch the live chat, well then go back in the archives on YouTube. We have 70 of them or 71 now, I don't know, um, live streams on there. And there's a lot of content. I mean, a lot. And uh, we have hundreds of um, of these podcast episodes that are on there too. Uh, two different things, a Friday show and then a Tuesday show. Uh, that being said, I also want to bring up that there is a conference that we're putting on August 12th and 13th. Um, the 13th is the main conference. The 12th is for the VIPs. If you haven't gotten your tickets, go to Eventbrite. And go to first annual, it's Paranormal Roundtable Presents, first annual Dogman Cryptid Conference. Okay? It's being hosted by myself and Ken Gerhard. Um, it's it's a PRT-sponsored event, and so there's going to be many, many speakers. I think I think there's like 14 different people that are going to speak. I'm, I'm over here getting a nod from Anthony, yeah. Uh, Lyle Blackburn, Ken Gerhard, uh, Josh Nanocchio from What Lurks Beneath, T Tony Merkel from The Confessionals, Steve Stockton, um, oh gosh, Nick Redfern, um, David Weatherly, Barton Nunley, Nick Valenta. I mean, there's a bunch of people. It's it's too many to even sit here and list all. 
Vault, Kenny Irish, Elijah Henderson. There's a, it's going to be a big event. Bettina Moss. So if anybody is interested in purchasing tickets, go to Eventbrite and get your tickets. And I'm hoping that the person that I'm about to be speaking with will show up at the conference too. I'm hoping that that happens. And so now I'm going to introduce this person. Um, his name is Tex, and he has a show called Texas Front Porch, and that is T-E-X apostrophe S, not Texas in the state, but like is in Texas is in his front porch. So I want to say hi, Tex. How y'all doing? Pretty good, Tex. How are you doing? That's one of our fans. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. You already got one listening. I love this. <laughs> so, okay. So anyway, uh, weird, creepy sounding fans aside. So what, what, uh, what are we talking about tonight, Tex? Now you were, you were on the, sh- you were, we talked, I was on your show on yep. Texas back porch or front porch and we did a couple hour show and we talked about all kinds of stuff. We went in all kinds of different directions. And so we said, Hey, you know what? I want you to come on and I wanted to record with you because you have had dogman and a dogman encounter and you have a lot of information. Now I met you for those who did not catch the light, the, the show that I did with you. Um, let me get you up to speed. I met Tex and, and Jason, uh, his co-host at the Mineola Bigfoot conference. It's the Southeast Bigfoot road show, I believe it's called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and sure. so, yeah. And so Tex was there and, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was April 30th, I believe this year. And so now you're on our show. So Tex, tell, tell us what, what, uh, what it's all about. You want to tell us about your show and tell us what happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the, the show, <laughs> the show kind of fell into my, uh, started by accident. I just, well, I'll say accident. I just, I was co-hosting another show and, and, you know, creative differences, that type of thing. And you don't really have the freedom to do what you want to do if it's not your thing. You know how it goes. And, uh, so I, I said, you know, there's things I want to talk about. There's things I want to do. So I just, you know, I started doing my own thing. Well, then I went to the Jefferson conference and I ran into Jason and, uh, we just hit it off, man. I don't know what it was. Um, sex appeal or you know something but uh we just we really hit it off and became friends and and uh well uh, i had him on my show and he god the guys don't tell him i said this he's so intelligent you know he can talk about anything and talk and talk and talk <laughs> but uh after I had him on the show, you know, we, we kept in touch and we got to where we talked almost daily and I went ahead and popped a question and asked him if he wanted to become a co-host and part of the team. And, uh, he, uh, well, he jumped head first into it and <laughs> we've, we've put together, I think a stellar team. I mean, we've got, we, we went from one show a week and this was, I met Jason three years ago. We started doing one show a week, and then we're up to five shows a week now. And plus, we do the you know we do field research and everything. So we've got to, you know the flagship show they call it, it's Texas Front Porch, and that's on Mondays at six thirty p.m. Central. And then we've got Tuesdays are pretty much our day off, and then Wednesdays we've got Jason McLean questions everything on uh. 
at uh, 9 Central. And then Thursdays, we have Bigfoot Michigan Rob. We have brunch with Bigfoot Michigan Rob. And Rob is from Michigan. He is one of the few people that I know that has actually not only saw Bigfoot, but he's, it, it vocalized at him. And he, and he witnessed all this. And he, his counter is pretty crazy, too. But uh, we do that show at noon on Thursdays. And then Thursday nights, we have um, Sir, J- Jason does his gig and, again, and it's serial papers. And there's, he gets into all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and uh, then Friday, we have the newest member of our team, Jessica Jones. Gorgeous, talented, personable. I mean, just checks all the boxes. And she's a remote, she's an accomplished remote viewer that has done work with the government. And she's a Bigfoot researcher. And it's just, we, we, we got together and we started talking and we, we were kind of thinking about going down the true crime thing because I'm kind of into the true crime and serial killer thing. And then we came up with this idea about remote viewing alleged paranormal encrypted attacks on people. And that's where we went with it. Nobody's doing that. And we, she's remote viewed a lot of stuff. The Della Pass incident, the Port Lock incident, um, Alaska, the LBL attack massacre. Um, the Lockett Ranch attack. Um, just, I mean, the list goes on and, and she's not even slowing down, man. She's, she's right into that. But the thing about it, doing this stuff is it takes a mental and emotional toll on her. If she does something that's dark, you know, so we have to kind of give her a break and, you know, do some lighter stuff. But, you know, we can't do, brutal attacks every week you know but uh yeah that's where we're at now we actually spoke at our first conference um the alabama bigfoot conference um, a few weeks ago and uh that went really well we all got to meet face to face for the first time that was awesome and uh met some great people a lot of listeners a lot of fans and uh it's very humbling you know and you get in contact with these people and you know they tell you their stories and and then their encounters and it's uh, the two driving forces behind our channel, really, when you get down to it, is we're there to give people a platform. If they've had these encounters and they traumatized them, you can't really go to anybody to talk about these things. Now, we're not, we don't consider ourselves therapists or anything like that. We wouldn't even get here to the end. You know, and sometimes that's all you need, you know, because it breaks my heart when people have these encounters and then they'll never go camping again. They'll never go hunting again. They'll never go out in the woods again, whatever. And it shouldn't be like that. You know, people shouldn't be scared to go out there. And we try to help people deal with that where they can get back to doing what they love to do. And the other thing is we're trying to bridge a gap between the, the cryptid community is seems to be divided between the flesh and blood community and or the gorilla camp and the woo camp. And 
we're trying to get that, we're trying to bridge that gap and get people on both sides to start talking and having actual discussions and not just, you know, getting mad at each other. You know, if we can get people to be open-minded enough to sit down and have an actual conversation, we can learn from each other. Because right now we're kind of stuck in a rut in both camps, but nobody wants to admit it. Because there's a lot more going on out there. Any any researcher, I think, that, that's been doing stuff out there, researching these cryptids, has run into stuff or had something happen to them that they can't explain, that they can't write off as a cryptid. You know, and there's, there's other stuff going on out there. You not you and I both know that. We both had experiences, so. Well, one of the things I was going to say, and I can interject, did you, man, you, you, okay, so you just talked about a lot of things. I think that the, <laughs> the, the cryptid community and the paranormal community, it's all divided into like different camps, but then there's like splintered fractions of in those camps. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even in, the, like, let's just start with the woo. Like, if you take what's called the woo, there is there are people, the Bigfoot, that say that it's flesh and blood, and then, and then so they're just strict apers, and then there's those that are, no, these are hominins and hominids. There's two, you know, and then there are two different things that say, no, they look more like people that are throwback Neanderthal-like people, and there's people that said, no, these are literally apes that are an undiscovered species. And then there's some that say, oh, it, it, the possibility is there that they're both. And then they want to say, well, they come from in, from inner dimensions. They come from inner earth. And there's people like I had to referee an argument the other day that got kind of carried away between two of my fans that were kind of going back and forth on the thread we had um, on, a, on a messenger group, whatever. And they were arguing. And one said, how are they coming out of a different dimension if they're coming from our dimension within the earth? And then that started a whole big thing, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to exit this because this is this is getting out of hand. And so, I, I, and they kept trying to get me to be like, well, what do you think? What are you coming back to me? Like I'm an expert on this, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I believe that they could be two different things going on at the same time. I don't see why that's such a big deal, but apparently, some people it is a big deal. And then the dogman thing. No, oh boy! No. You know, one of our co- one of my <laughs> colleagues, uh, you know, Ken, you know, Gerhard, he touched off a firestorm on Facebook one day when he said, in a group that we're in, that Dogman is not a cryptid. Now there is a particular researcher um, that everybody calls the Dogman Whisperer. I didn't coin that term; other people started calling him that. And, and uh, me and him have had a very public feud. We don't really get along, and I just. I, I, he, he has made a lot of enemies with people, but, but he's a researcher. He doesn't have a podcast. He doesn't have any kind of, and he's always claiming he has all this evidence. So he immediately started attacking Ken and then, and I wasn't even there. I was not in that group. I was actually not in that group, but it, it got Scorpion, one of my friends involved. And then my wife involved and a couple of our listeners jumped in because my wife got involved. And then Ryan Tremblay, a friend of ours, he got involved. And then hey, there's this big thing, just, you know, it all blew up from this, you know, from Ken making that statement. And this other guy, this researcher says, well, you've been researching for 30 years, 20 years, whatever he claimed it was, you know, and he goes, and you haven't found anything and blah, blah, blah. And then somebody said, well, you haven't either. You just claim you have and blah, blah, blah. And then it just went from there. So there's this whole division, like with the, flesh and blood, okay, like, and it's really weird, like, if you take, just take Ken, for example, 
he believes that Bigfoot is an is an ape. He's an aper. He believes it's like an ape um, that's undiscovered. Now that is really truly cryptozoology. Lauren Coleman would say that's cryptozoology right there. Okay, so if you but but if you take what he believes about Dogman. I mean, he believes that it is a supernatural entity because he doesn't believe that that there is any precedent for it. And I'm kind of in the same camp. I believe, but I do believe that there are two different types of Bigfoot going on. I think that there's something going on, two different types of things, you know, and maybe three, maybe four. And then the dog man thing, people are always trying to pin me down. I tell them, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that these things are flesh and blood. But they are also, they're not. And it's so hard to, to describe how I actually believe. It's like a metaphysical thing that can turn itself physical and then, but not be, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, take like aliens coming through the wall, for example, and then rematerializing is solid. Yeah. And so then there is this, I mean, there are these splintered factions within factions. And I've seen smaller factions just implode and everybody goes their own way because nobody can agree on the time of day. And that is very admirable of you guys to try to, like, as you say, bridge the gap. But I mean, I came into this field thinking that I was going to work with everybody and be friends with everybody. And I was going to, I was going to be the guy that was going to get along with everybody. And no, no, that does not happen in this field. And it doesn't happen in the ghost community, I'm in like 50 different ghost groups and they are fight. They are, they fight like everybody. Somebody says the other day, they're like, Oh, the cryptid community just fights more than any other. I was like, no, have you seen the ghost community? Have you seen the UFO community? I mean, <laughs> the, the fights are like, you could make reality TV out of this. It's crazy. I mean, so, I mean, you know, the paranormal is just a very, it's very divisive. Nobody, because there are all these mysteries and nobody really knows. And that's why we're here. We wouldn't be doing this, me and you, if we had all the answers already. You would always be, oh, okay. You could just point and say, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's the way it is. We've got the science. Here's the book and it's done. Nobody's going to be making shows about it because there it is. That's the answer. But there are all these shows on TV. There are all these shows on, on, on YouTube and all these different platforms um, and, and it's just it, because people, you know, this, there's no answers and the books, people write books cause it's an interesting, fascinating subject, but yeah, people cannot agree on the time of day and it just goes down the rabbit hole to the point where, you know, there are people who don't speak to each other in this community. And I, and I know that after the show, I'm not going to get into what, what was said, but between me, you and Jason, I was like, look, I'm going to lay it out there. This person doesn't like this person. This person doesn't work with this person. And you have to kind of get to know who's, who's nemesis and, and everybody's got one. Everybody, even the, the most peaceful people, you'd be like, oh, that person, they don't, they don't fight with anybody. They get along with everybody. Yeah, right. And, but they're going to tell you, hey, there's this person and there's that person. You know, everybody's got somebody, man. I'm telling you. I mean, and some people have a couple, three people and they're just like, you know what, you know, forget that person. I ain't working with that guy or that that girl, you know, that, that I won't work with them. And people will make outlandish claims, you know, and other people will refute it and then it'll just go on and on and on. But well, from what I gathered from you and Jason is that you guys, now what you said about Jason, be, somebody who can talk about anything, you were absolutely right about it. He is so smart, that guy. Um, yeah. And not to take away yeah. from you or me or anything like that, but he's very intelligent. And when I was talking to him at the uh, the Southeast Bigfoot Roadshow, um, he, me and him hit it off and we started talking and he just, we were talking Bible theology, we were talking about the Anunnaki, we were talking about Bigfoot, Dogman, 
it just went on. I mean, we, we could have sat there all night. And uh, when we talked the other night on your show, we I know we could have just kept going on and on and on. Oh, yeah, we could have went all night. Yeah. And so, so here we are now talking with you. And, and so I'm going to ask you the first question to, to just, you know, just let me just ask, what is your thought? Let's just start with Bigfoot. I mean, what do you think Bigfoot is? Well, I'll tell you what, let, let me touch on a few things that you mentioned to it. Okay. Um, first off, you know, you, you said people come to you, you know, and, and try to pin you down on stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm an expert. One thing people need to realize, there are no experts. Yeah, exactly. Here. And as far as the paranormal thing going on, you're right. There's multiple stuff happening out there. And that kind of leads into what you just asked me. <laughs> Bigfoot. Being out in the field. Now, I have, I've had what I'm, what, the only the only encounters that I feel comfortable saying that they were truly flesh and blood. I, there was three of them. And it was my first sighting, my second, my, my first daylight sighting, my second daylight sighting, and one nighttime sighting. And my first sighting was, you know, pretty benign, actually. Um, it was, <laughs> I was, I just gotten out of my truck, pulled into the research area, first time ever being there. The other guy was getting the stuff ready out in the truck. I'm kind of getting the lay of the land because I don't want to get lost because I've never been here before. And I'm looking around and I'm looking, we're, we're parked on the side of a thin tree line and next to a hay field. And I'm looking through this tree, this tree line and on the other side of this tree line is a, is a wheat field. And the wheat's about four feet tall at this point. So, and the research area was down in the floodplain right off the Red River, a little place I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, and it's called Brown Springs, Oklahoma. And uh, so I'm just standing outside my truck. I'm kind of looking around, and I'm looking through this tree line. I look over, just looking over in the field, uh, wheat field, and this critter pops up out of the wheat field, looks around, and just takes off running towards the bottoms. Now, I saw him from about the waist up. And the wheat's about four feet high. So that puts him at about eight feet, at least. I saw him from the waist up till he hit the fire break that was mowed around the wheat field. And I saw him hit the toe and he, for a couple of steps and he went into the trees. And my exact words were, I'll be damned, there goes the one right there. <laughs> so um, the guy I was with, he's like, you're kidding me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So said no man so we went down to the bottoms and we're walking down through the bottoms and we 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 we're hearing something up on on the ridge to our left kind of pacing us and then every so often we'll hear a single wood knock and then we'll walk another hundred yards or so and we'll hear another wood knock and that went on and on and on what we theorize is what was going on was there was a possibly a, a pod or a family group, however you want to look at it, in front of us, and he was kind of ushering them, you know, so we wouldn't walk up on them. So that, it made sense to us, you know. I mean, but and and the, the thing about it is, this is all speculation. But as far as the, I think 
I think they are physical creatures, but I think there's something else out there that is presenting itself as Bigfoot. I don't know why. I don't know what's in game is, but I think that's what's going on. Just from going from my, my experiences out in the field and and everything like that. So that's my view on Bigfoot. You know, the, my second sighting was we were scoping out a campsite. It was me, Jason, and uh, uh, Bob Van Buren, our executive producer. And I've got the binoculars out, and I'm looking in the trees, and I see this. You know, the white, gray fuzzy calico looking cat I, I see what <laughs> I basically see that color configuration and it's kind of fuzzy hugging a tree about 40 yards in and I'm like what in the world and I'm looking at this and I said y'all gotta see this and I'm trying to pass by them and I, and I learned a hard lesson I always put your binoculars on a tripod so I, I'm, I'm trying to pass these binoculars back and forth between these two guys and said okay you see this tree here look, look just right to that tree blah 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 by the time I got the binoculars back, it was gone. So we went in and we looked at the, around the tree that this thing was standing at. Now, around the tree were bare spots in, in, in the forest floor. And a trail that led off to the left. Like this thing, had, it was an outpost or an observation post that this evidently these things are using to watch that campsite the, because the, the <laughs> if you follow the footsteps the, these bare spots were about the size of, of big feet and they're purposely they're purposely going over dead branches laying on the ground and at a later date I've actually we've got three trackers that we that we get out in the field with us three expert trackers and uh, showed the, I showed that to them, and they, they agreed with me. So that kind of validated that theory. And then my third encounter that I think was a physical one was we were in camp one night. We were getting a lot of activity, and uh, we, we saw something run out of the trees, run right beside my pickup, and then back into the trees. So we went over there and was looking in the tree line. It was dark. And we saw what we thought was about half a, a halfway broken off tree, about, you know, six, seven feet high. And then it walked off. <laughs> so, you know, and then we found, and then we found a twig about six inches long, just right behind my pickup where, where we first saw him that was broken like four spots. It was a green twig. It was like he was sitting there playing with it because it wasn't there before. We were all over this place. And we were constantly looking for stuff because we've had them come up close to camp before. So those are the three encounters that I've had that I can say comfortably the physical creatures. But I've had a lot more experiences out there that that I can't say that were you know physical. You know the dark shape in the woods with the glowing red eyes about eight feet tall. You know, so. I, I don't know what to think. I just know there's a lot of stuff going on that we can't explain. Yeah, that's for sure. I think that uh, when you mentioned Brown Brown Springs, that is a pl- is a hotbed for paranormal activity in itself. Yeah, it is. It is. That place rarely disappoints when you go out there. Because I was, for years, up until last year, 
Um, I was going out there and doing my research mainly by myself. You know, I go out there and spend, you know, night out there and everything by myself, go to the cemetery. And I've got, <laughs> I've got audio that I've got growls. I'm getting ready. I'm getting my gear out of the truck at the bottom of the cemetery one night. And I'm not thinking nothing, you know, and I'll take off, walk up the trail, and go up, look around a little bit, come back down. Well, after I played it back, for about the first three to five minutes of the, of me getting ready, you can hear growls on the recording that I never heard. And then about, I think it's like 12 minutes in, I'm walking up the trail and you hear a female voice go, come on, right in my mic. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on up there. So you, you think that that, that that particular spot is haunted and that's why there's this Bigfoot activity or do you think they're drawn to it? Well, you know, I don't know. Honestly, I, 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 and I wish I could say, I wish I could say I did. I wish I could say I, I knew that the Bigfoot were either drawn to the paranormal entities or vice versa. But they seem to go hand in hand. I just can't figure out why. And I, I, you know, you need a lot of people with a lot of conjecture, you know, and a lot of theories, but that's all they are. You know, um, we, we looked into the, the, you know, the past of this place, there's supposed to be a huge entity that's reported to be, you know, 12 feet or taller. And it's an old ancient entity that protects this or protects or oversees the, the, the cemetery area because um, from what we found out it used to be it started out as an Indian burial mound and um, it's got a real dark past that, that whole place down there's got just a bloody just a bloody past um, there was a mafia dumping ground for a while and we shot a documentary down there two weeks after we shot the documentary there's a body found you know right, right down from where we were camping we've we've been walking out in the woods and then this is out in the middle of nowhere find clothes, uh, females' clothes neatly folded up in the middle of the woods, you know, and I'm uh, short shoes, you know, sunglasses, shirt, the whole nine yards, socks. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? One of the creepiest things that ever happened to me, I went down there, I was by myself, and uh, went down to one, one of the campsites I used, and I, I get out, and I'm walking around, and I'm seeing, I saw this suitcase, and it was, it was, tossed over the brush and there was a bunch of papers and pictures and everything laying out and it's, it seemed to belong to a teenage boy and I'm like what in the world is going on and then I got then I started smelling something dead and I'm like oh no this I don't like where this is headed but like I had to find out you know so kind of tracked the smell down well fortunately somebody had brought their dog down there and shot it but I, I just, I was just, and then you, you, you have to be ready to walk up on a dead body at any point. I mean, you really do with its past and, or the, well, it's ongoing now. I mean, still bodies found down there. So, yeah. That's crazy. That, so, and I guess here's the, the question, like, I mean, if you saw, you've seen Bigfoot, you said you've had three encounters. Right, right. And so... Well, three sightings. Three sightings, yeah. And, and, yeah, and, three and sightings that I would consider physical. Physical, yeah. And yeah. so, so okay, well, I guess that I, the other question, would that be 
do you believe that they're physical or do you, like you said, you think that like those that you saw were, those are a hundred percent you think, or what do you think? I think so. Um, Jason would disagree with me. He's, um, one of his favorite sayings is, um, you know, I'm 30 seconds away every day from just saying it's all paranormal, throwing my hands up, walking away. (laughs) But, um, and I get that. I really do. But the things that I've, the, the, the things that I've seen, it's not just Bigfoot, you know, I've seen Dogman, you know, up close and personal. So, you know, it's, I think there are physical entities out there, but I think there's other entities out there also. And I think they're, like I said earlier, they're, I think they're presenting themselves as Bigfoot just so they can, you know, people out there looking for Bigfoot, they really want to communicate with them. You know, maybe these, maybe these things are presenting themselves so they can get their foot in the door with these people. You know, because... Paranormal one on one, spirits are going to lie to you, trick you, you know, whatever they can, because you, you kind of have to invite something in if it's going to follow you around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's I, what really, really concerns me is, and I've got a lot of friends that, you know, claim to mind speak with these creatures. Yeah. And my question is, how do you know it's Bigfoot? Nine times out of ten, I get the same answer. Well, they told me. Well, I go right back to paranormal one hundred and one. You know, how, how can you trust any? I, I, I don't. I don't know how anybody can trust anything that's speaking to you in your mind and telling you what it is in the first place. That's But it has become a legitimate concern for me for the safety and well-being of these people. Because what if it's not big? But you have to consider that. You know. Well, I mean, that, that, that is, I had uh, taken issue with a person who was on a very popular show on TV. Um, he had told one of my witnesses that was, that came on my show actually. And, oh, oh Bigfoot's not going to hurt you. You know, your grandkid can play down by the creek with Bigfoot. Bigfoot won't hurt you. Give it apples. You know, they like donuts, you know, and I was... I, I was aggravated. I told her that is absolutely not true. Um, That's the worst advice you can give anybody. Yeah, and he and he did that. And I was just like, and everybody probably knows this guy. I'm not going to say his name because it would touch off a bunch of, but he, I was like, dude, I mean, that is not true. I mean, and, and it, it, I'll put it this way. It may be true for that one particular creature, but exactly. to err on the side of caution, if you had a, just a pit bull. Okay, let's just take any any dog, large breed of dog. I'm not picking on pit bulls, but let's just say an an aggressive Rottweiler pit bull. Um, that it's just running around loose, and it, it's it hasn't really come up to you, but it's kind of there, looking at you every now and then. Um, my advice would not be to go out there and lay some 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 chicken out there for it to some dead you know, raw whatever chicken meat. You know, to here you go. Let's see if this dog will come up and be. And let's see if it'll take the the chicken. And you know, it's like, dude, I, you know, if it is a flesh and blood creature, whether you're it's a it's a spiritual entity or it's a flesh and blood creature, at that point becomes irrelevant. Either way, it is not something you should be messing with. You you by you can look at it, eight foot nine foot tall, this creature, you know, and and you're not going to want your child around it because this thing could snatch it up. 
it could it could take off with it, you know, with the food or the child, you know, um, you know, and and it may be like, oh, well, you know what, I want more, and it could come back, and you know, somebody could get hurt, whether it's the kid or or the adult or whoever, and so I just told her, I was like, you know, that's very very bad advice from him and very irresponsible of him. I was like, and you can tell him I said that. And I mean, I just thought it was ridiculous, and it was uh, it's just something you shouldn't do. And I have heard so many stories, and then people also. There are people in the dogman community, and I'm telling you this: some of these so-called researchers and people who've had experiences and stuff. And I've talked to them, and they'll be like, "Well, dog dogman is evil and bad, and it will hurt you, but Bigfoot's not." They're like, "Bigfoot is like this kumbaya. We're all going to hold hands and we can get along, and it's a really good thing." And I'm like, "Dude." And this one lady was just real adamant. She was like, Dogman is completely evil. She believed they were all flesh and blood, but she thought that Dogman was bad and Bigfoot was good. And then I've heard people, this this is other guy, who told me that Dogman, that this is, I'm not even going to try, I can't even say without laughing. He said, Dogman were created by the Anunnaki. This is what he told me, literally. He believes this. I mean, he was like, they were created by the Anunnaki to protect humans from Bigfoot. <laughs> and I was oh, like, yeah, I've heard. yeah. And he had, when he, when he said that, and I said something, so he had one of his friends come on and start proselytizing to me, trying to get me to believe. And I'm just like, I said, look, man, you know, you can believe what you want. You can believe that they're made of, you know, chocolate pudding. And, you know, I don't care what you believe. You know what I mean? Like you can just, I don't care what you think they are. It's just the bottom line is you're never going to convince me that they're safe. You're never going to convince me to get in the water with sharks, crocodiles. I'm not going to do it in a cage or out of a cage. I I don't care. You're not going to convince me to go and leave, you know, food out for a dog that could be potentially dangerous or harmful because I don't want that large aggressive breed around me because I don't know that dog. I don't know its temperament. I don't know anything about it. So why would I go out there and take chances with Dogman or Bigfoot, which may or may not be supernatural? And the other thing, Tex, like, think about this. There are so many different things that could be going on, okay? And I wanted to get your opinion about one particular case, but I want to throw something at you about the bit. Let's just start with Bigfoot, okay? Let's say that Bigfoot is for, you know, like you said, there's more than one thing going on. What if we are dealing with time slips and we are seeing these prehistoric creatures. This is just one train of thought. And that's, that's what we're seeing as these physical Bigfoot. We think that they're physical Bigfoot, but we're just seeing time through time slips. We're, we're, we're catching glimpses of these, uh, ancient hominid hominins, two different things. Um, what, what if that's what, what, what if that's one thing and somebody threw out, well, what if it's, Actually, and somebody from my own team, and we started talking one day, and we were just sitting there debating back and forth and coming, you know, kind of just throwing ideas out there. And he was like, What if, you know, Bigfoot is actually they're the, the, the ones that disappear and reappear? You know, what if they're the spirits of these, of a, of a deceased population? You know, that's another thing. I mean, the late Scott Martis is a good friend of mine, and he was the, the researcher of the Lake Champlain Monster. And he, toward the end of his life, we were getting, we were gearing up to do a show before he passed, and we were talking about doing a show about these plesiosaur sightings and these mosasaur sightings, and how some of them people were reporting that they would disappear, 
And so me and Ryan Tremblay were going to do a show with him. And so we ended up, me and Ryan kind of shelved it and it's been, you know, uh, you know, a while now and we're, we're, you know, talking about, Hey, maybe we should open it up and go ahead and just do what we were going to do and do the water cryptids. But some of these cases were so weird, you know, like people seeing like a Mosasaur disappear and, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I just, you know, he started, you know, Scott was very much flesh and blood. These are just, it's a relic population, you know, whatever. But then he was like, you know, I don't know anymore because I'm starting to get all these weird reports. And then he started reading more about the Bigfoot and stuff, disappearing, reappearing, Dogman, same thing. Because me and him would talk, you know, and, and I miss Scott. He was a good guy. He was a good friend of mine. But it was so um, weird, you know, how me and him met uh, in like early 2019, I think it was. Or no, it was two, It was either 2018 or 2019. Um, and we, we kind of met by accident. I joined his group and when I tried to post, uh, like an episode of, I think it was either DER or my show, whatever that I was on. And he was like, what is that? <laughs> and then I told him and, you know, and he didn't, he was like, I, I, this, this is a zombie police source society. I thought it was like some sort of paranormal group about, you know, ancient, uh, cryptids or whatever. Yeah, like I thought it was about, you know, water cryptids, whatever. And he was like, no, man, this isn't, this is actually the, the research for, you know, they call it zombie because like the coelacanth, they thought it was extinct and, and they found it. He explained it to me. He schooled me on that. And I was like, oh, okay. So then we, I, I started going down the rabbit hole with him. And then one day we just started talking. He came on my show and then we just became good friends. We talked all the time and he would tell me, you know, like his views on things and they, I, I watched as his views began to change as more and more evidence began to pour in, you know, I would give him studies of cases and he would go and look at it and go, dude, this is weird. You know, I, you know, I, I've, I've changed my, I've changed my mind. I like I countless times, you know, doing research over the years and getting back to what you touched on the, uh, you know, the, the whole, whole Bigfoot spine, go play with him, blah, blah, blah thing okay now let's let's look at this let's look at this bigfoot thing from two aspects real quick if okay if it's an ape okay if it's an ape let's go kids you know let's go play with a silly back over in the <laughs> yeah, exactly you know uh if it's a prime if it's a primitive human do you really trust this thing? I mean, can't, my point is these things, whether it doesn't matter what they are, they're, they're apex predators and they should be treated as such. You know, you, 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 <laughs> you go, you walk up on a bear and his cubs, you're going to say, Oh, y'all go play with them. Now I know some people that get out, you know, like Yellowstone, they get out and go try to pet a bison and uh, they get a horn up the butt. But, you know, it, it's when, when you're out there, think, and I, I hate to say this, but I think it's because I don't like, I think that's foolish advice is what that guy said. I, re, I whoever it was, because when it, especially when it comes to kids, these things are powerful enough to where you couldn't do anything if it decided to act, you know, defensively or whatever. You wouldn't have time. And even if you try, you're going to be dead right there beside him or, you know, mauled. 
And we, we, me and you both have taken reports of these things attacking people, dogmen and we've, you know, we've heard reports of them saving people, you know? So the, the, to me, the behavior is all over the map. You can't, you can't say in a blanket term what, how all these creatures are going to, they're, they're going to act towards people because you, you, you may have a troop of Bigfoot that live on your property. You get along with them fine and they don't hurt anybody, you know, but Harry and Henderson's top thing, whatever. But across, you know, down in Florida, down here in Texas, down, you know, in Louisiana, they're a little more cranky. <laughs> they seem to be a little more cranky down here. You can't say that all across the geographically, all across the country, that they're going to behave the same. We can't even say that about humans because look at the different tribes of humans that, you know, early humans or even the ones that are, you know, basically undiscovered at this point. You walk into one village and, you, you know, you're welcomed as a friend. You walk into another village, you find yourself rotating on a spit over a fire. So, you know, and we've even gotten reports of, of that, you know, the Janoshka, the face eaters. So you can't tell me that anybody can absolutely know how these things are act all the time. That, that You cannot put your, and a lot of people make this mistake. It drives me nuts. You cannot put your opinion out there as fact. You just can't do it because you're going to get people hurt, you know? And, and maybe it won't be by Bigfoot or whatever, but you can't tell people to go out in the woods if they have no experience and they just go out there and they end up getting hurt by other things or themselves, you know, or get lost. I mean, I don't know. I think that's just irresponsible. But. Very, very irresponsible. One of the things you said earlier, Tex, I wanted to ask about, you said, Jessica, she actually um, remote views. Now, I, I had a remote viewer who remote remote viewed my encounter and he was pretty good. Um, his name was Dennis and he did a pretty good job. Like he actually, you know, that I had never, uh, divulged this information about the, the color of the house that, that was next door to my friend's house. The, the, the my friend that was there when it happened <clears throat> and he knew the color of it and he knew the trim and everything. As far as I know, he's the only one that's ever got, he's, he knew that like he, he did a pretty good job of seeing it, you know what I mean? And then he gave me his opinion kind of on what he thought it was or whatever. Um, but here, here's the, here's the question. Like you said that she remote viewed Port Lock, like Port Chatham. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and so that situation there, that was something that I, I went over with David Weatherly when he came on the show because he wrote a book about Alaskan, uh, the la the creatures of the last frontier, I think that he's writing a, a book of all the 50 states and he's like up to like, I don't know, 15 or 20, something like that. He's, he's pumping them out pretty quick. And he's, he's a prolific author too. Just like, uh, uh, a lot of our friends like Nick Redfern, he just, that guy, man, yeah. he, he writes like a book a week. <laughs> he's probably written one by the time the show's I, over I think, with. You know, somebody said this the other day, we was talking about him at the conference. Uh, we, we think he writes in his sleep. I think it was Ken that said that. Yeah. Ken was like, it he's probably by the time dinner's over, he'll have another book written. Yeah, it was, it, but, uh, it, he's a very prolific author too, but 
Um, David has done, he's really impressed me. And he, I, I have all of those books, like those 50s, the, the ones he's done so far. Um, and he is going to be at the conference too. He's going to speak. And we've been friends for a while. And so he, he had, he's written all these books, but I think Alaska, that one really grabbed me. I was just like really fascinated. And it was very interesting. The, that book was very good. And so I had him on and we talked about that, that particular, that state, you know, and it was the Alaskan cryptids. I had a lot of people asking me about it. And then Ken, of course, Ken was on a show called Missing in Alaska. And they talked about a lot of other mysteries, you know, the Amarok and just all these different, you know, um, mysteries and stories. And, uh, it, 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 I, I think that, uh, when you're looking at now you, what you said about Bigfoot down here being a little more cantankerous, I would say Oklahoma in particular, like near Lake Texoma, you get like these really aggressive Bigfoot and dogman, and they're distinctly two different things. And I've seen it, dude. Like, like I haven't seen them there, but I mean, I've talked to a tribal policeman who's a friend of mine from the Choctaw and he was just like, Dude, I mean, like, he claims to have seen some really crazy stuff up there, and he gave me a witness that that had told me, you know, about a very aggr- highly aggressive Bigfoot encounter. The weird thing about that case, though, and I haven't released the information on it yet because I'm planning on taking a trip up there this, this summer later and maybe doing a little research and um, just seeing, you know, what's up there because th- there were two people – and one saw a Bigfoot, and the other one saw a Dogman. And I'm talking in the same case. And well, the, the one guy I, was but like, I've heard about people too, so, you know. Do what? Side by side. I've heard about, you know, being spotted side by side, even, you know, people claim to get to take a picture of, you know, a Bigfoot nest, and you got Dogman pups crawling all over the place. I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what's weird? I'm like. Barton Nunley, you know the author, you know Barton Nunley. He he claims that you know that when that there were two different creatures running around when he when he's he's writing a book right now, the Spotsville Monster, and I can't wait till he finishes it. He's written uh, Miss, Mysterious Kentucky, it's a really great book, and then he wrote um, Inhumanoids, which I think is the best book about any sort of cryptid that I've I've ever. That's probably hands down the best one I've ever read. Um, it was just so good. It was so fascinating. And, um, you know, I was just like enthralled by that book. And, and, but you know, he, when he finishes Spotsville monster, I think it's going to be very interesting. He talks about two different creatures running around side by side and one looked sort of dog man-ish and, but, but not werewolfish, like some of these creatures, like the one I saw, but, but dog man-ish. But then he saw this Bigfoot creature that would was running around with it. Now th- this case that that I was given by my friend up there, he, he this one was a case where he had told me, "Hey, there's this guy that you know, whatever." And I talked to him, and he claimed that him and his his it was him and his little brother, um, half brother, and they were up there, and they're part part native, they're 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 on their mom's side, I think. And it's crazy that they but they saw one creature and him and his brother argued. They were like, you know, and they're not kids. They, this didn't happen when they were kids. It happened when they were in their late teens. I think he was 19. His brother was 17. That's what it was. And his brother, he said, his dad was like, well, tell me what you saw. 
And his brother was very adamant that it looked like a werewolf. And he was like, what? That's not what I saw. He said, well, what did you see? He said, it looked like a giant ape-like creature. It, it moved kind of like an ape, but then it kind of stood up and, and its legs looked kind of weird. But And it, so at that point, I was like, what legs looking weird? Like, you know, so I, I don't, I haven't spoken to these guys to, to really, this happened when they were young, young guys. And I haven't spoken to them to know like exactly what he meant by the weird legs, but he was pretty adamant it didn't have a snout, but the other one was like, yes, it did. Um, it was at dusk, you know? So, but in, in Lake Texoma, I got one story of this guy that was on his boat and, and these, these two hairy humanoid looking creatures with pointy heads that very much sounded like Bigfoot. Um, the ears were where they're supposed to be like a human would have, and they didn't have any hair on their hands and they had normal legs and they were throwing rocks at his boat, like from the shore. And he got out of there and he got a very good description of them. And then, of course this happened, I think in 1991. And he said that this, you know, it, he was just sitting there in his boat and they started lobbing rocks at him. I've heard that around here too, in the San Gabriel river. Like they like to throw rocks from elevated positions to get you out of their area. Um, well, that's the thing that happened to Rob in his encounter too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've spoke, I haven't spoken to Rob on the phone yet. Um, he did tell me that he had some stories and so, yeah, I'm going to get to him too. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, he, he, he had, yeah, I, yeah. Rob's got some stories, but there was this other case that, and I know this one was on the, the same show I was on. These woods are haunted. I think it was on episode, or I think it was on season two. Um, my show was episode three season. It was season three, episode one. And it was about a church that I went to, you know, whatever, but that's another story. But this, this, the show, it was on these woods are haunted. And this guy and his two friends, I think, I think it was two brothers and a friend or something, something like that. They, I think I know which one about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause on season three, some of those witnesses that the, I, I gave him those witnesses. Um, but season two that I, I didn't give him that, give them that witness. But he, they, 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 that story was crazy because, um, I had talked to some people in that area that were from that area and they said that that was not even one of the scariest ones that they'd heard. And those guys oh, wow. were attacked by three dog men and they were attacked. I mean, you know, um, and there, there was a guy that, that, that told me, he goes, I used to, you know, go fishing out there all the time. He goes, and I got chased right into the water. And this one just stood on the, on the, on the edge of the water and just kept growling at him and snapping. And then it walked back into the woods. And then when he ran back to the shore and got on his boat, pulled it away from the, you know, he's like, dude, I saw two more come out and they began to run toward me, got in the water and began to swim toward me. And he, he said he get, he didn't get a good look at this. The, the second two, it was, it was dark. It was almost dark. But the first one, he was very, it was very adamant that it was large and it was, it had black fur. And he said it was almost shiny. In, in in the light, he could see it shining, and when it turned to the side, it was almost like he it kind of faded into the background, like almost like camouflage. Which I thought was interesting because you get these stories, and I've already gotten a whole another passel of them from I, when I did the uh, Shimmering Phantom uh, episode, um, basically of these things cloaking themselves, and you get that a lot around that that. Uh, that corridor, that Red River corridor going up into Oklahoma, you you get a oh, lot yeah. of those weird. Yeah, Oklahoma seems to be like a, a spot for these things. And 
a lot of the cloaking. Like I got one right out there outside of uh, the city of, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. it's mine just blink. It, it's the hometown of, of President Eisenhower. And I had a story, yeah, and, and I'm trying to remember the name of the town, but it, it's the last town going into, um, like if you're going, if you cr- once you cross the Red River and you're going up to uh, Durant, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the town. But anyway, I had a story that I had that I had done on the show on Dogman on the Dogman Encounters on on my show. But I had a story about a cloaking uh, creature, and I thought, dude, this is crazy. This is the same corridor, same town, <clears throat> you know, right there by the Red River. And I'm thinking, could it be the same creature? Like, is it a dog man that's doing that? You know, because, you know, Palmetto State Park right here in, 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 in Texas, you know, I get stories of this weird invisible entity. Some people see it from the side and they th- it looks like a Bigfoot. You know, it's like a shimmering looking thing. Yeah, they talk about the whole predator effect. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of it. And I, I think that's I think that's getting back to where you know, what we're talking about, there's a lot more stuff going on. You know, you were talking about the whole Red River Corridor and stuff. I've got a lot of accounts down there. And I've got one account that uh, this, old, this old boy was uh, hunting down there on the Red River, and he saw a Bigfoot. He gut shot it with a thirty thirty, And it stumbled out into the river, and two more Bigfoot rushed it from the other side and basically clotheslined it and broke its neck tore it apart and ate it right there in the, on the sandbar. And, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, you, that's one of those accounts where you go, okay, well, I don't, you know, it wouldn't matter to me if, if uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let my kids go play with Bigfoot, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, there's another account of a guy that this took place on the Texas side of the Red River that he had a deer blind and he was um, going to be out there for about a week. He had, um, canoed, I think, down or boated down down river to this place, and he had built this blind and everything, and basically a treehouse is what it was. But uh, I think he was out there the third day, and this happened the third night. Evidently, they had been trying. There was a troop of Bigfoot out there. Evidently, that was their their hunting grounds, and from what we can surmise, anyway. Um, they had evidently been given, trying to give him hints to get the hell out of Dodge, right? And <laughs> he ignored them. So three of them um, attacked his blind, and they were reaching in through the walls and stuff, trying to grab him and everything. And he grabbed his grabbed his gun and just ran and jumped out of the jumped out of the door and broke the bottom step and, and ran through the woods down to the river and they escorted him out, pooping and hollering at him and running beside him and stuff. And everybody talks about, oh my gosh, they you know, they were trying to kill him. No, they weren't. Because if they, one, if they'd wanted to, they'd have got him. The only the only place that they weren't attacking on that tree stand or that blind was the exit. Wow, they're trying they to get him out of there. Exactly. Now this guy left his optics, his his clothes, his ammo, everything, and he wouldn't go back and get it. We even offered to bring it to him. He said, "No, I don't want it. They can have it." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I got a story not too long ago 
right here in, te- in Tech. Denison was the name of that town, by the way. I was trying to remember the name. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, it just yeah. came to me. But I, I had a story. It's, this, this happened right outside of Bertram. And this guy was out there hunting, and he went back to his vehicle, and he had an old Ford, you know, and it wouldn't start. <laughs> and next thing you know, so he's like, it's cold. And so he, he you know, this is he had a cell phone. He called, he had signal, you know, and he said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm stuck out here. And his brother's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm over here and burn it. I'll, I'll come get you, but I'm, I'm doing some stuff. I'll go, go get you. And his brother took his sweet time. And by the time his, you know, he, he fell asleep and then he hears Bish! like a loud bang and then Bish! Bish! you know, he wakes up and there is a huge rock that has been thrown through the back window of his truck. And, you know, I mean, I got the picture, but it doesn't, you know, like, it, I mean, you know, it's not going to, I'm not going to post it and go, hey, look, this is a Bigfoot did this. Cause I mean, and I'm not saying he's, he's, he's lying because I believe his story, but I'm not going to post the picture and be like, hey, this guy got attacked by a Bigfoot because I'm going to be lampooned by everybody. Oh, yeah, well, I don't see any, his ex-wife might've got mad because he got drunk and did that. You know, who knows? Right, you know right. what I mean? She might've been like, you came home drunk and threw a rock through it or something. Who knows? So, so he, but I, but it, you could see that it was a large, I mean, it went right through the, it busted out the windshield. I mean, you could see it and it must've been going pretty fast. And then he, you know, then it was another rock that came from the side and he said that it was in quick succession. So there had to be more than one creature, you know, that put the dent in there, you know, and like I said, anybody could go and take a rock and throw it against a truck. I don't, you know, and it's an old beat up pickup truck, but like, you know, he was pretty adamant that that's what it was. Now, the only thing he saw was to his right, he saw a really large black shadow move really quickly. And he asked me what I thought it was. And I said, well, what did it, did you see a silhouette, the silhouette did you, that you saw, did you see a snout? And he said, no, I just, I did see kind of a pointy looking head, you know, like that's kind of what I, and so I thought, oh, it's probably a Bigfoot. But I mean, there are in that area right there, a lot of Dogman reports and a lot of Bigfoot reports and crawlers. You know, I, I've gotten rake creatures, type creatures that they, you know, they call crawlers um, out of that area. But hey, okay, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up tonight, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week as me and Tex continue this uh, conversation. Um, and thank you for listening. Please be sure and like and subscribe. And uh, for everybody out there listening, tune in next Friday. Good night. <laughs>